Someone said, the heart of the church is a community. And the heart of the community is the family. Today we're going to be talking about exegeting the community. What's going on, man? Welcome to episode two. Yeah, season man. Two. Episode two, season two. We've made it. We made it, man. <laughs> we, we made it. We made it. We're gonna be talking about this, this all important topic of exegeting the community, understanding the community, pulling out from the community what needs to be pulled out from the community, so we can better serve the community. But let's let's put that on pause for two seconds, and let's let's do this thing. I want to ask you a question, mm-hmm. just to kind of you know warm everybody up real quick. When you die, if you die. What do you want to be remembered for? Uh, honestly, when I die, the only thing I care if I'm remembered, well, the good thing I, I want to be remembered for would be by my kids. Mm. I want my kids to say my dad was a good dad. Mm. If my kids can say, because they're the ones that, my kids know me at my worst, they know me at my best. Mm. So if off, after all of that, they can say, you know what? Dad was a good dad. Mm. I want, I want, he's my example for being a father. Then I, then I'd be happy with that. Everybody else, whatever they know is just superficial. Right. So it doesn't matter. But if those two boys can say, you know what? My dad was a good dad. And my wife can say he was a great husband. <laughs> then <laughs> it's all good. Everybody else, it don't matter what their opinions are. Like, Whoop. Oh, yeah. My wife. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, honey. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. For me, I feel like no matter what you accomplish on this earth, not everybody's going to be rich. Not everybody is going to have things. But what everybody has the opportunity to have is integrity. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to be in a boardroom. You don't have to have a million dollars in your pocket. No matter what circle you're in, you can be a person of integrity. Mm-hmm. And that is what I want. I would like to be known for. Mm-hmm. I believe having a name is so important. Mm-hmm. And how people view that name is very important. Now, there's going to be people who are going to tarnish that name. But I want to know, I want to leave a legacy that I can say, you know what? No matter how you may have interpreted certain things, I know I walked correctly. I know I try to treat people with respect and the love that they deserve as fellow human beings. And I, I, I dealt with people equally. And I dealt with people fairly and honestly. And I want to I would like to be known as a person of integrity. Yep. And that's, a, and that's a, a great goal to have. And I think that should be the desire of all of us. Because mm-hmm. a lot of folks think, you know, integrity isn't a big deal. It's just about getting what I want and how I want it and not care for anyone else. Mm-hmm. And as long as they accumulate whatever it is they're trying to accumulate, it doesn't matter how they get it. But then, yeah, you may have your name on a building. Yeah. <laughs> but then what? Exactly. At some point, like we see now, a lot of names on buildings and statues are being torn down. Yep. Because you really didn't have an integrity, and so yeah, that that that's that's big. That's big. 
Yeah, man. So today we're talking about exegeting the community. Now, you know, it's funny when I was when I was thinking about this, I was like, yo, why why do we use the word exegete? Because it's so it's so theological. It's so it's so you know in that realm. Why yeah. did we use something else? But I feel like that 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 word is relevant, and it's always good to throw some new words in your vocabulary. Mm-hmm. You know, and the word exegete, according to my my Latin dictionary, and Guys, this is, <laughs> yo, I had this dictionary since I probably was four years old, bro. Yeah. It's it's a it's a nice it's a nice little tiny dictionary. Yeah, because I, I saw you pull it out. I'm like, hold up, is he pulling out a, a one of those new te- But that's smaller than one of those New Testament Bibles. It's 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 tiny, man. It's it's it was. Need a magnifying in, glass to read that. Seriously, seriously, bro. Now this is what it says, right? Exegesis. Interpretation, especially of of scriptures, explanatory, which is exegetical. So, when we say exegeting the community, we're talking about interpreting the Mm. community. When we talk about exegeting the Bible, we're talking about interpreting the Bible. And all of us have an opportunity to to exegete the situations that we're in. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to start from this place. We both were elders in our churches back in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. We both have have served. We both have 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 done things, and we have you know we have we have been involved in our community and our churches to some degree. So I want to want us to start with our experience. Why do we think that that this is so important of a topic to talk about? So we first want to we want to talk about our experience in interpreting our community, and why is it important to interpret the community? Uh and it's a big thing because, it, and it will again, it will touch in another episode, relevant ministry. Right. You want to know what the needs of the communities, what the need of the community is. You can't just come and just, because you come in with your idea, because you did it someplace else or because you read it in a book or someone else is doing it, you think it's going to work where you're going. Mm-hmm. When it's not, you got to come in, know what your community needs are, know who's in your community, um, in order to provide a relevant ministry that the folks in the community will participate in. Otherwise, you could have the best program in your eyes, and then when you introduce it to the community, they look at you like, well, we don't need that. Mm-hmm. And they don't show up and they don't participate. And then what do you do? You throw up your hands and say, well, we did something that nobody participated. They didn't participate because you didn't provide for them what they needed. And and everybody has, has really experienced this type of ministry where, You've been a long-standing member of your church in a particular community. Mm-hmm. You you know certain things, certain ins and certain outs of the community. Why? Because you live there or at least you're familiar with what's going there. And then, you know, time passes, a new pastor comes in, you know, fresh out of the seminary or fresh from where wherever they're coming from. And they come into the church and immediately, immediately, they start making changes yeah. in the church. Now... Now, I'm saying in the church, even though our topic is on the community, because I believe that we have to start internally before we go externally. Mm -hmm. So you and I and a lot of us have experienced pastors who are gung-ho on on flipping things on their head and and making things perfect and right because God knows, you know, things were inefficient before that. (laughs) So let's talk about that. Yeah, so, I mean, I've seen pastors... Not, I mean, I've I've worked with quite a few pastors. I've seen pastors and I've heard stories people share 
the pastor coming with with a plan and that's what the church is going with mm -hmm. the church may have had something in mind that they've been working on that they feel based on their experience or time in the community but the pastor comes in and say well forget that this is what i know to work yeah mm -hmm. you know it to work someplace else and i think that creates theoretically yeah and i think that kind of creates um resentment and i think that's where you lose a lot of your member involvement because mm -hmm. when you come with that attitude they're like well it's the pastor's show so let the pastor does what the pastor's doing mm -hmm. we're just going to step back and i think it sabotages ministry because if the folks aren't on board i don't care how vital and active you are and how much work you put it in mm -hmm. but if you're out there just grinding by yourself when it's not a myself kind of job exactly it's a community in terms of teamwork coming together if your team doesn't trust you to work with you you're gonna blow burn out and within six months to a year you're calling the conference yeah doc can you <laughs> can you move me somewhere someplace else and then your relationship in a church become an antagonistic relationship mm -hmm. going forward because you're always pushing back because you're pushing what you your agenda while the folks are being resistant and you know what this this thing is a it's a it's a it's a long game mm -hmm. it's not a short game and as much as we we want to be impactful and as much as we we want to see visible change quickly certain changes take time mm -hmm. and that's why i believe that as as ministers of the gospel, people who are theologians in our in our own right, we have to also be strategists. Mm -hmm. And in order to be strategic, you have to study what you're going into. And what you're going into has people. They have situation in that context. And you have to go in and you have to study. And that's when you study. And when you have conversations, that's when you build a strategy. And of course, as you rightly said, your strategy cannot be executed or it cannot come to fruition by itself or with you alone. Mm -hmm. You need people to 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 hold up this thing that that you guys are going to put together. You have never seen probably a one legged chair. Yeah. There's always a four legged chair. Once you have that four legs or the three legs, it's more balanced and that chair is more sturdy. And the, 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 the other legs are the people who are around you. Yeah. And you and I have seen it again. Not only have we seen pastors coming in and immediately changing things, which is not necessarily a good thing. And I remember back when I, I, I was an engineer and I, I got a new boss in the, in the repair station, he came and he just kicked back for probably about two to three months. Mm -hmm. And even though I was his subordinate, he allowed me and us who who were there before to, to run the shop. And what he did, he studied what we did. He studied what we did. And then what he did, he took us um, group by group, individual by individual, and said, hey, this is how I think you can improve upon what you're doing. And as a result of that, I went back to school. I got some certifications. And all of that came back to the job mm -hmm. and all of that um helped us to get more new business so that's what churches ought to be as well we have to have individuals who who study the the sabbath school process who study the ay process who who look at board meetings who look at interaction who look at hospitality who look at the flow the movement and the alignment of 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 people and processes in the church and say hey i see what you guys are doing great 
let's see how we can make what you're doing even better. And once you make the process better, invariably you're also making people better. Yeah, and 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 for and as we talk about churches, for all the pastors that I've worked with, whenever they come with that attitude, they don't come with a, their binders of this is what we're doing. <laughs> they come and they observe and mm. they they make changes later. Those pastors have been successful. Yeah, and the church rallies around them because. Mm. It take because then they because then you have something to compare with. Mm-hmm. You can say, okay, this is how things are done. Okay, we need to be strategic. We can improve that, and then you can look at some of the things that has been happening. Well, we know those things aren't working, so those are the things we're going to address first. Mm-hmm. But you know they're not working because you observe and you saw, you ask questions, mm-hmm. you. You you did a survey, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You you looked out. You look at the people in the church, and you ask their opinions on certain things, and value their input instead of you coming and saying, "Okay, this is what I've done everywhere I've been, so I'm gonna bring it here." And it's, and it doesn't work like that. Yeah. And I think that's where you get in trouble. And I think that's why a lot of folks, whether it be in ministry, whether it be well, it's a job for pastors or in a, a secular career. When you change or you're irresponsible, if you go in with the attitude, I'm just going to bring what I know to work. I'm going to leave school and I'm just going to bring the textbook. Mm-hmm. And the textbook, everything they, they taught me in the textbook, I'm going to bring my notes. <laughs> and I'm going to go it through. Way, yeah. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. You learn these skills, but you're learning these skills or you've experienced, your experience in the past tells you, okay, if I have this issue, I've learned skills and I have tools that can help me deal with it. But and, you got to figure out what those issues are. And you know what? I hear one thing coming out of what you're saying. I'm hearing the word assessment. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm hearing from what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Because in order for you to know what you need to do, yes, it's good to observe, but yes, it's good to engage. It's good to ask questions. And there are various ways you through which you can do assessment. Because if you don't do proper assessment, you're going to continue to make the same mistakes that you've always been making. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the mistakes of what I call the, the the evangelism by tradition. You know, once we say, hey, we're going to go out into the community, we want to do something for our community. So the first thing that somebody would say, okay, where are the steps to Christ? Where are the great controversy? Mm-hmm. Let's go spread them like the leaves of autumn. <laughs> And even though there's a time and a place for that, in order to do proper ministry, you have to know what the community needs. Because if you have a family who is struggling with rent, if you have a family that's struggling with marital issues that's in your community, a steps to Christ or a great controversy is not what they need. The church needs to be a resource where what is weak can be strengthened. And after you have done that, then now we could do the rest. Yeah, and and again, and and I think, and and that's nail, that's putting the nail right there. It's because it's something we're used to. Mm-hmm. It's because it's something we've been doing over and over. We think that's all there is. Yeah, and so because we are locked up in our four little walls, and we come in on Sabbath, we preach, we have fun, or the back home mindset. You know? Yeah, or this is what we did back home. Mm-hmm. But you're in a community that's different. You don't know what the community is going through because 
you don't go out, you don't mingle, you don't talk to, you don't do that assessment, you don't do that survey, you don't get to know the community so that you can provide the ministry that's needed. So instead of walking with a steps to Christ, maybe you walk with a book on marriage, on relationship. Mm -hmm. But then is walking with a book, does walking with a book even make sense? Exactly. We live in an age where people don't read as much. Mm -hmm. So now you need to figure out Instead of coming in with a plan to, this is what I've done, I'm just going to go there and do that, come up with a plan, okay, I know folks don't read as much, how can I get the information to the community that they'll that they'll absorb it and, and grow and learn from it? You know what I'm thinking, bro? I feel like books are a cop-out for relationships. Yes. Because they feel like if you just give someone a book, you don't have to get to know them, you don't have to talk to them. Exactly. And we don't follow up. Let's think about it, right? Let's let's use the same example that we we're talking about of, of a, a marital issue. Mm-hmm. If you are married, right, or you know somebody who's married, who from your judgment and from your experience, they seem to be winning. And even if they're not winning, they seem to be sensible. Mm-hmm. If that person wants to build a relationship, why bring a book? Bring them. Yeah. Conversation is good. Mm-hmm. And they can share their experience mm-hmm. because that's what we do in real life. Yeah. When we go to our jobs and they give us a mentor, what the mentor is doing, they're passing on that tribal knowledge. Yeah. They're passing on that experience. And we don't question whether it works because we see the success in yeah. we see the success in the com- in the in the in the in the company. But but why is it that we feel like it's different in the church? Why do we feel like, you know, brother and sister so-and-so, they've been married for 20 or something years. They had to be doing something right, or maybe they're doing something wrong. Tell us both so yeah. we could know what to choose. Yeah. I think we, we've kind of have this check-the-box type of ministry type thing. Yeah. Where we feel like as long as we're checking the boxes where we can say we gave out a hundred copies of Steps to Christ. <laughs> we yeah, gave yeah, out a yeah, hundred yeah. copies of... So we feel like, okay... They were introduced to the gospel, and that's all we got to do. Mm-hmm. Man, you get that book. Ain't nobody. I was telling you, I, I was at a church recently, and they gave out a book. Um, I think someone in another church wrote the book, and I was cleaning up my office the other day, and I picked up the book. I'm like, I'm not going to read this. <laughs> and I, honest, put the, I put the book in the garbage because yeah. I know I'm not going to read it. Yeah. But that's the same kind of thing. Because while I'm sure it was a good book, someone mm-hmm. took the time to write it, it's not relevant to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, whoever gave me that book, had they known me, they would know, you know, yeah, we're folks visit our church, we're going to give this. Right. Like, yeah, I don't need it. Yeah. But And so it's the same thing. We go, we're going to, not that Steps to Christ and Great Controversies aren't relevant, aren't necessary. I mean, I've read Steps to Christ how many times. Uh, great Controversy is the other hand. Yeah, yeah, I've been trying to read the Great Controversy since it I was like, man. since I was like twelve. We'll give you some grace. I've bro. read the first chap. <laughs> I've read the first five chapters maybe ten, fifteen times, mm-hmm. and that's as far as I've gotten. Mm. How is someone who is being introduced to it for the first time have other issues going on? How are they gonna sit there and say, "Okay, I'm gonna sit down and read this"? When, and looking at that two-inch thick yeah, book, bro. Yeah, exactly. When I have Where, issues in my marriage. Yeah, and not only that, I mean, there's distracting from social media. Mm-hmm. I got however many TVs to watch. A computer. I mean, that. So we have to think about these things. Where, yeah. yes, still buy the books to give them out, but figure out when is an appropriate time to distribute those books. 
and you know what it's 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 key like all these things that you mentioned is 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 so important you talk about assessment is it you talk about about um taking record of what we used to do and i feel like those things in some ways they have their advantage and their disadvantage mm. and once you mentioned that i remember the sabbath school record now i know people probably don't do this anymore now i'm probably going to date myself and and somebody's gonna be like yo what are you talking about but i know like at the end of sabbath school after attendance was taken they used to whip out this little card and they used to say how much money did you give away mm -hmm. how many people you spoke to about jesus this this past week how many articles of clothing and what was it worth mm -hmm. you know that you, get, you gave out this week how many baptisms now i don't know why they act that like you're going out baptizing people in the week how many bible studies did you give and if you are a seventh-day adventist for any amount of time you may remember that if you have gone to sabbath school now this is good why? Because it encourages it encourages evangelism. It encourages you to take what you have learned with the experience that you have in the love that you have in your heart to go minister to people. Yeah. But the problem is this is a great tool for collecting data mm -hmm. from your church about what's going on on the outside. Mm -hmm. The problem is people don't know how to use that data and, 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 and make relevant ministry from the data collected. Exactly. So... Some of, one of the questions it asks, how many articles of clothes was distributed? Mm -hmm. Now, if you look at, if you, as a church, you pull, and I think part of the issue is the information is gathered, mm -hmm. but then it just gets put in a report and sent to the next level. Right. Put in a report, sent to the next level, so that a bigger report can be compiled and say, this is what our church members are doing. Mm -hmm. But within that information, if you look at it, you say, okay, so in my church... It seems like my members are giving away a lot of clothes. Mm -hmm. So maybe there's an issue where folks in our community are struggling with, with affording clothes. So mm -hmm. what can we do to address that? What because, kind of clothes? Yeah, and exactly. Because how long can your how long can your members sustain mm -hmm. distributing clothes? Right. Then the question is, where are your members getting the clothes to give away? Are they giving away their clothes mm -hmm. or are they getting the clothes someplace else? What mm -hmm. can we do to help that? Distribution of food, okay? We're give, our members are giving away a lot of food. I know my church. My church is a struggling church. How are they affording food to be able to give away? What as a church can we do to kind of help supplement and give? So the information is there and it's just a matter of, asking the question and kind of seeing, okay, how can we use this to create a ministry? And if we have members that are passionate about distributing food, distributing clothes, then we know, okay, these are the members we can tap into to say, okay, what if we do this ministry in a church? What can you add to it? And then you already know we have people in the church that will do it because they're already doing it. Mm -hmm. Now we're providing the resources to help them meet that need. but Now, you know, I, I like what you're saying because the the basic information that you collect should be brought to a, a committee that is tasked. You know, what's, what's up with me in my words today? Tasked <laughs> with, with going deeper, with asking those questions like what you were, you're, you're asking just now. Now, I, I like the example that you, 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 you came around to about the food that you gave away. Now, it's great that people saw the need to help somebody. Mm -hmm. But if you're looking at your record every week and you're seeing that that number is great, it means that there is a need in the community mm -hmm. that is great. 
So what that could tell somebody is that, well, maybe as a church, we need to have a food pantry. Yeah. Maybe we need to 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 do something like unite with 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 players in the community. And when we say players, we mean like people who have resources that if they yoke with the church as a distribution center, they can provide the resources. We do the distribution as we are the center of the community, as we interact with folks. And once we do that, we can reach more people. Yeah. Now, how can we do stuff like that? Number one, through the records mm-hmm. that we just mentioned about the the Sabbath school records, which we don't use anymore. So if 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 we're not using these records anymore, how in the world are we going to know what the community needs? Yeah, because we're not going out to do assessments. So that's what we have to do. We're now, gonna have to start writing some some surveys and going out into the community. And going out to do, and and what's and I think these are effective in churches where members actually live in the community. You see, you see, why you had to go there, bro? Because that's, that's a whole other topic that we're gonna have to talk about. How you see, and, and, and that's the thing, because if you're if you're if you're commuting to your church and you're traversing to a church, people are gonna hate you, especially if you're in Brooklyn, because we ain't got no parking lot. <laughs> you so you go, you go partially black people's driveways. <laughs> but but that's the key, though, mm-hmm. and I think that's that may be the reason why some of these cards why these cards aren't relevant in churches anymore. Because if you say I I did this, mm-hmm. did you do it in the community where the church is? Right. Or did you do it in the suburb that you live in? And some of our Adventist folks are so rich. They don't even they live in suburbia. So My Lord. there's no need to distribute clothes and food and all of that. They they, but, they drive through the places of need to so, the built to the house of the Lord and but, then back but, home. But but it but it's but the other thing now is going into the community and do it. Yeah. Figuring out what the community dynamics are. Mm-hmm. And that's important mm-hmm. because in figuring out the community dynamics, some of the things you need to know, who runs the community? And you know what? It's, you see, what, what you're mentioning is, is the political side of, 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 of community. And people in the church don't think, oh, we should mix these two things. But, but this is not talking about the politicians. Mm. We're talking about the people who wield the most influence. Yeah. And sometimes we think in a community, it's the politician. It's the politician that wields the influence. It mm. ain't the politician. It's not. Because sometimes those politicians, if they want to get elected or get anything done, they know they got to go sit at someone's porch mm-hmm. and kiss a ring, so to speak, to say, we want to do X, Y, and Z in the community and get permission to do it. So as a church, we have to be able to do the same thing. We have to be able to know who in the community, if we have... Uh, something we want to do, who do we need to go to in the community to say what the needs are Mm -hmm. and how can we get it done? Because as a church, you think, oh, we can just go and we just can go do a health initiative, so Mm -hmm. to speak, and think as long as we come get the health van, Mm -hmm. we got some doctors and some nurses, and we're just going to do that. And then you come and you show up and you're like, why wasn't successful? Well, did you reach out to the people in the community mm-hmm. that know what's going on that could probably tell you that's yeah, not the what we day, need right now. Well, not only isn't that's not what we need, but the day you're gonna do it mm-hmm. doesn't fit based on what happens around here. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, you may wanna do it on the first Sunday in May because summer is coming, but in the first Sunday in May, I mean there's a community bus that goes Exactly. Go go do something. There's some folks in the community that go to 
a shopping outlet on this Sunday, or there's some folks who, whatever it is, there's mm-hmm. some things that happen here. But not, the people but are not going to be available. People aren't going to be available. Mm-hmm. So maybe instead of doing it on that day, maybe you need to do it another day. Maybe Sundays aren't the best day to do it. Mm-hmm. Maybe, just maybe, you're going to have to do that health initiative on your Sabbath. Ooh. And you see, and that's where that's where we have to, while we're doing all of that, recalibrate what we consider mission. Mm-hmm. Because we feel like oftentimes that Sabbath is a day that we put on our hats and our suits and it should not be wrinkled with the 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 myopic things of evangelism, mm-hmm. of work. But once we are we're trying to meet the needs of people, we have to go into the communities whenever the community is available. Like Paul says, we are all things to all men, not just at the times that's convenient to us. Yeah. Because I remember when we were doing um when we're doing community evangelism and we found that the best time to reach folks was on a Saturday between 11 and one. And you know what's going on between 11 and one. That's what we call divine service. That's, that's for some church folk or some Adventists, the most holy time of the day, which is not even a a thing, but, but we realized that's the time people go out Mm. and do their shopping. Mm -hmm. So what we could do, we walk with them, we help them carry their bags. We have conversations with them. And because we know after that, they're going to be in the kitchen. They're preparing um, food for the weekend. They're getting ready for work, but that was the perfect time. And we had so much success. Why? Because we broke the mold of how we thought when we should do the work and we realize it's not at our convenience because if we're trying to reach you we have to reach you when you're available exactly and i think that's it sometimes it's laziness because we're trying to do things that's um convenient to people but in wrapping up the paradynamic so Mm. we know who run the community uh who has the most influence Mm -hmm. so you gotta find those people Mm -hmm. introduce yourself to them as the pastor or the leader of the church Mm -hmm. you gotta know what those people are um, find out who stands to gain the most. Because if you want to do an initiative in a community, you got to find out who's going to benefit from this. Mm-hmm. Are we just doing it just because we want to do it? Or did you really do an assessment? See that there's a need. See that there's a core group of people. That's de- Is it re- related to children? Is it related to married couples? Is it related to single people? Is it related to older folks? Based on what you're doing, um, is it related to unemployed, what underemployed, whatever it is, based on what you're doing? So you got to find out who will benefit the most. And you, you know what? They're doing the same thing for to us as well because they're saying, okay, who's going to benefit most from this? You come out here to do this. Adam, I've never seen you in my mm-hmm. life. You are the one who stands to benefit from this. So why should we take our time and our resource to listen to what you have to say, to take from you when we know that all you're trying to do is to do something so you could slip something over to us? Yeah, so and you, that's why a genuine relationship is important. Yeah, so you can say, oh, you just want us to come to your program to baptize us and you baptize us and forget about us. Exactly. So, so that's key. But then you also need to know when you know your community, when you exegete and you know the people in your community, you know, you know who the obstacles in the community are. Mm-hmm. You know who the folks are that are going to try to be the roadblock to prevent you from doing Because as churches, you may think, oh, because we're going out there doing a good thing, yeah, the yeah. community is going to want it. Yeah, the Spirit nah, of God will... Nah, it's... there are people mm-hmm. out there... Again, again, the spirit of God, the enemy, the devil is out there trying to stop too. what you're doing. Absolutely. So obviously there's an agent 
in the community doing what is it they can do to prevent you from doing what is it you're doing. Mm -hmm. But if you don't go out there and meet those people and know who they are, then obviously you're not going to be successful. And believe it or not, you may not want to hear that, but you're also going to incentivize people to get them to participate in what you're doing. Well, talk about it. Um, we've been doing it, and, and we complain. Why do we got to give people iPads and computers and Bibles to come to Crusade? Mm -hmm. You want them to come. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have to provide some incentive for them to participate. You're going to have to incentivize people. You, when we do, when we say we're doing ministry, we're going out, we're giving out Metro card and gas cards. Mm -hmm. We're providing an incentive for people to say, okay, oh, it's from this church down the street. Okay, we, we know you are. That's an incentive. Mm -hmm. You're not just doing it out of the kindness. Like you, yeah, you're doing it out of the But to them, it's an incentive. So you still have to know, provide an incentive so that when you are doing your initial, and again, we're not talking about doing an evangelistic crusade. Mm -hmm. We're talking about ministry that you're trying to do. If it's a, a soup kitchen you're doing, why is it that pe not because you're giving out food automatically means people are just going to come and get your food and right. come for your food. There could be another soup kitchen in a community that people say, well, we'd rather go to that soup mm -hmm. kitchen because we know so-and-so there. Mm -hmm. When we go, the lady there treats us nice. She always smile. She asks us our names. So you, so whatever it is, mm -hmm. so you're trying to build that relationship. So even if it's a soup kitchen, even if it's clothes you're giving out, you're building that relationship. People feel comfortable coming to you to accept what is it you're giving, accept whatever it, what is it it's you're offering and not just feel like they're coming to get a handout. And I like how you that you expound on that, that oftentimes when we think about incentives, our mind is locked in to, I have to give you a gift. I have to gift you something. Convenience is an incentive. You know, if if you can bring something to somebody, that's an incentive to them as well, along with what you're you're bringing to them. If if you're having a program and you say, you know what, we need to get have good musicians because the folks appreciate good music along with the word that's an incentive. Mm. An incentive is something that will draw people. And we have to understand that, yes, the spirit draws and the word will draw. Listen, people can go on YouTube and the pandemic has taught you that. <laughs> and get any amount of words from much better preachers than you can present. Yeah. But when you bring them something, when you understand what the people need, and you and your team come together and you make that happen, then now it tells the community, you're listening to me. It tells the community, you're hearing what I'm saying and you're providing what I'm saying. And yes, now that I see that you have my best interest at heart, tell me what you have to tell me. Yep. Share with me what you got to share with me. Yeah, and then after you do all of that, then there are things you need to know. The mm -hmm. culture of the church as yeah. a new leader pastor going into the church you got to know the culture of the church mm -hmm. and to do that there's some things you got to do mm -hmm. um you got to know the type of church and the type of community it is you gotta again assessment yeah um one of the easiest ways to do that is just talk to people yeah you know sit in the in the in the Lunch room in the fellowship hall and have lunch with your members. Yeah, don't lock have, up. Don't be locked up in your don't office. Don't lock up man. in the office. Yeah. Well, that's something I used to do as an elder. At, Shame at on you, bro. <laughs> no, I, I locked up in it. Uh, <laughs> but now nah, you sit with folks because in a lunch you hear, and even if you're not a part of the conversation, yeah, you hear conversation. Mm -hmm. You hear what people are talking about. 
you observe things you see who interact with who you see who sit in certain corners you see and you pick out and i think that's how you kind of pick out who kind of run the church the power dynamic that you yeah. spoke about yeah, yeah. you see because based on who you see lunch and the type of lunch you're eating you see who pick up who who shares lunch mm -hmm. and where they bring it to you see the the, the big plate and you're who like get the two fish right? yeah exactly <laughs> right um so you so you see and you observe so that's the easiest and simplest way to do it yeah but then then you want to get down into it. Then you do surveys. You take the time. Mm -hmm. And you you don't even have to prepare these surveys by yourself, y'all. They're available. And we'll provide the resource. North American Division spent a lot of time creating mm -hmm. resources, assessments that when you are doing ministry in your church, you can use these resources to do an assessment. So you're just asking the right questions. And when you get the answers, work on those. So... Um, you're doing those assessments, mm -hmm. uh, church surveys, community yep. surveys, community assessment, search ass church assessments, and that's an easy and quickest way to get some of these um, questions you have answered, knowing the culture and what's going on in the church. And you know what? You uh, you you also need to know, and we know that ultimately the the commission that we're given in in Matthew 28 is is that we need to go. Go means to move from where you are mm -hmm. to someplace else and make disciples. Mm. But at the same time, we need to have this community of believers. So after we have made disciples and baptized folks, we can put those community of believers together mm. and train them, empower them so they themselves can go. So it is important that before you invite people to your house, your house is clean. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned assessing the church. And also assessing the community. But I believe that we need to make sure that we understand the church, that we have systems in place, that when the folks come, we're not they're not coming into confusion. Yeah. They're not coming into into something that's that's broken. And I believe that's something that hurts a lot of church and that brings across church hurt because people accepted Christ, they accepted this beautiful thing, but when they come to the church, they don't see this beautiful thing personified in those who are already there. Yeah. So the assessment is to understand first the culture of the church, the dynamics of the church, and in understanding that you do the work in the church to prepare the church to receive individuals and also to prepare the, in the church to go out to get individuals. And one of the things that you can use, one of the tools and techniques that you can use, and we're going to make that available through a link to the North American Division um, website that you could use is what's called a SWOT analysis. SWOT analysis. When you when I hear that word, <laughs> I'm thinking snipers, <laughs> Everly armed cops with with, with, with with snipers standing on buildings. But but what no cops? <laughs> but it's accurate, mm. and what it does, it pinpoints like a sharpshooter where mm. your issues are. Yeah, exactly. It means strength, weakness opportunities and threats mm -hmm. these are the things that you need to understand about your church what are you good at mm -hmm. what are you weak at mm -hmm. what are your opportunities and what are your threats mm -hmm. because once you have those outlined you know exactly where you need to focus mm -hmm. and after you have your assessments your surveys and your SWOT analysis to name a few these aren't the, the only resources and tools that are there to help your church and your community then now you could sit down and say hey we need a committee to build a plan for the church mm. and then build a plan for the community. Because what we need to do now is to create a mission and a vision. 
Yeah. Because here's the thing. If you know as a church you're good at children's ministry, it's something you... Mm-hmm. There's no one that can touch you. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't, wouldn't it be in the best interest of the church and the community to build up that children's ministry where the ministry that you provide to the community is children's based. Right. And especially if you live in a community where there's a lot of single mothers, a lot of children, imagine if you are already good at this and you start reaching out to the children in the community and you pull the children in, Mm -hmm. you pull the children in, eventually you'll get the parents. Of course. And so this is how you do the SWOT analysis and see some of the things that you're good at and then combine with the assessment of the community and just see a few things already in the community. It's like, well, we already do this. We're already good at this. Mm-hmm. Let's start here mm-hmm. and then obviously take the time to build on the things that you are weak on and try to improve them. And then whatever the threats are, you're like, okay, we need to eliminate these things because before it became, become a bigger issue. And then I feel like churches get into trouble and ministries get into trouble because they don't take the time to do this analysis. And then the things that they're good at, they kind of ignore it. Mm-hmm. And then the problem things kind of overtake. And then ministries uh, dwindle and die and become irrelevant. And you know what? I think that sometimes we are trying to do too much. Yeah. And I like what you said. If you have something that you're good at, be the best at it and be known for it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you don't need to do five, six things or even four things. Mm. Maybe you do one or two things. Take what you have and be great at it. However, if in your community there is a need Mm -hmm. and you realize there's a need in my community, but the, 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 the resources in my church is weak. Mm-hmm. then we need to do something. Yeah. And what I, what I like, I, I like the Apple model. Mm-hmm. And I want to say this real quick, right? If you are an Android user, I want to apologize, you won't get this, all right? Now, if you, have, if, you, if you have an Apple phone and you've ever gone to an Apple store, right? You have observed some things, but you never paid attention to it. Number one is this. As soon as you walk through the door, someone has to greet you within 15 feet or 15 seconds of walking in the building. Mm. You never notice that, but that's in the manual. That's in the training. Mm. When you go into the Apple store, they have something called touch points, which is when you first get there, they're going to greet you. They're going to find out what your name is. And when they, they pass you on to the next person, they pass you on by name. So what they're saying is that by the time you get to the end of your process, mm. you know at least two people and at least two people know you by name. Mm-hmm. So when, you, when you're passed on to the next person to get your help, they're going to address you by your name, not by the problem that you came in mm-hmm. with and came in for. So that's an excellent thing. So imagine this. Somebody comes into your church. The first person they meet is a deacon or an, or an usher at the door. Hi, happy Sabbath. Welcome to XYZ Church. My name is so-and-so. What is your name? Oh, Thorley. That's unique. Wow, I never heard that before. Hey, this is this is Melanie. Melanie, this is Thorley. By the time you take two steps into the church, you know two people already. Compared to how we do it, right? <laughs> Compared to how we do it. Here's so-and-so, sister so-and-so who's visiting, mm-hmm. who we helped out with the problem she had. when we met her Mm. and that's how we we do it right Mm. and so while as the person providing the help you feel good Mm -hmm. that we did that but the person is is shrinking saying this is how i'm going to be known for the rest of the time that i'm here 
sister so and so who they helped with so and so. And they're not gonna come back. And not gonna come they're back. So come we back. have to we have to be be mindful how right. we do that. And so in doing a SWOT analysis mm-hmm. in observing, you recognize and some of those things is is the spirit of God still giving you the intuition to like, you know what? Ease back from from how you do that, mm-hmm. but again, the tools are there to help right. you. Again, God is using mm-hmm. people who He gifted with certain skills and ability to come up with these tools to help you to be able to do the work. So why not embrace it and use it instead of throwing up your hand and saying, "Oh, why we got to go that exactly?" And, do that. and you know, it's, it's the reason why I mentioned the Apple model was simply this: if you have a weakness. Or you have a threat. Go to the person or to the organization or to the church or to the to whatever that is doing that thing that you're weak in better than you mm-hmm. and copy them. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things that 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 Apple said that they did in, in um, um, there's a book that was written. Steve Jobs went to IBM and they saw how they made the mouse. Mm-hmm. And the process by which they made the mouse, he said, listen, I want to take that. I want to bring it back to Apple and I want to improve on it. And that is why it seems as though Apple products is always one step above the rest in terms of everything that they do. So I say this to say that if your church has a weakness, maybe the church down the road is great with ushering. Take a trip down there. Do a field trip one day. Go, mm-hmm. go, go. Test it. Say, hey, we're coming down. We love to see how your your ushers operate. We love to see how your hospitality team operate. You guys are 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 above the rest. We want to understand. We want to learn from you. Go to the people who are experts at the things that you're weak in, and the Bible says, covet good things. Take that. Bring back to your church and improve your church. That's just one example of how you could become better at, at, at something. Yeah, and, and and again, a lot of folks they they don't tend to do that. But again, the resources are there. Why recreate the wheel when the wheel is already created? Just go yeah. and see how it can work for you. Um, but as we deal with the culture of the church, so the culture of the community, and you're gonna figure that out again with the assessments, mm-hmm. with the surveys, but also know the community boards. Know. Yeah. The community boards that are in your community. But you have you have to break down the mindset, and 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 I know we're coming we're coming down. You have to break the mindset. Like, listen, we are an island. We stand alone. We don't want to mix with the 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 local governments. We don't want to mix with anything that that is not spiritual. First of all, stop. Your supermarket is not spiritual. <laughs> the subway is not spiritual. But you need them in your daily life. And if you are weak in the community. Why not yoke up with those who are stronger in the community? But not only that, we are called to go and be go make disciples. We still have to introduce Christ to these. Fo- so because they work on community boards, because they're politicians, mm-hmm. because whatever, they don't also need to know Christ as well. Exactly. But And I think we, we kind of missed the point that in also doing that, mm-hmm. we also get the opportunity to introduce these people to Christ as well. Absolutely. We yeah. introduce them to the church. We introduce them to ourselves. We, When they see what we're doing, the interest that we have in the community, because mm-hmm. then they realize, okay, this church is different. They're not just about coming and saying they're baptizing people and that's it. Mm-hmm. The, while that is the objective, but they also have a genuine concern about the issues and the needs in the community. When folks are hungry, when folks are homeless, when folks are dealing with... Uh, 
abusive relationships, mental health issues. They're not going to listen to you coming in when you want to come preach to them, invite. Mm -hmm. Nah, they're like, this is the issue I have now. How can you help me? Mm -hmm. And it provides a unique opportunity to say, okay, we can help you address that. And once you're in the process of helping them addressing that, and you will build a relationship, mm -hmm. having conversations, and they see that, okay, these set of folks from this church that are helping me, they're different than the set of folks from maybe the city agency, maybe mm -hmm. from the community center. What's different about them? What's different about you? Well, what's different about me? 20 years ago, I was dealing with certain issues. I met Jesus. Mm -hmm. And this is what Jesus did in my life. Or really, how can I know more about Jesus? And that, and that's kind of the whole point, how these things are supposed to be developed and grow and lead to someone developing a genuine relationship with Christ versus we keep the big-time crusade, have the big-time preacher, we baptize a million people, mm -hmm. and six months later, maybe we can only find one or none. Exactly. exactly. And then the community sour because we came in, we made promises, we forced them into something that they weren't ready for, and then they're gone. Versus when we took the time, build the relationship, so then when you invite the big-time preacher and you still baptize the million people, the almost all the million people stay because it's like, well, it's already my church. Mm -hmm. They've been involved in my life for so long. Where am I going to leave to go anyway? Yeah, Because you took the time build the relationship, you met their needs, you know who they are, and you did that because you understand the community, you met with the community boards, the local politicians, you were involved in the local organizations, for the civic clubs, the community businesses, you met the business owners, you went into the corner store, you talked to the business owner, you prayed for his business, mm -hmm. you met the local lawyer, you met the local accountant, you met the local... Uh, uh, you went into the bank in the community. Mm -hmm. You you met all these people. You talked to them. So you built a relationship. So when you are sponsoring your Pathfinders, you can go to the local store exactly. and say, we're sending our kids. It's not Oshkosh anymore. It's whatever the new place is. The business is like, oh, you're my community church. Mm -hmm. Sure, your kids... Yeah, because it's not just your kids it's, our kids. it's our kids. Exactly. And so we're willing to invest in sending our kids to camp. So now you don't have that struggle. Uh, you're selling Message Magazine. Now you go into the community. It's easier for you to do Message Magazine. Harvest and Gathering. Mm -hmm. It's not so much a struggle to do Harvest and Gathering. Because they know you're not just trying to take. Yeah, exactly, because yeah. they know you're a community. They know you're part of the community. Yeah. So they're willing to do participate in some of these things that you're doing. And again, you're having an evangelistic mm -hmm. effort. You're having a speaker. They're now excited and eager to come because you are part of them. So if you're doing something, they're going to come just like how they know if they're doing something in the community, the church is going to show up to support what's going on in the community. And you well. see, what you're talking about there, Ludlow is is relevant ministry. And I have a quote here by um, Dr. Um, Ludlow Rowe. Um, it says, <laughs> <laughs> everything we do can be evangelistic because evangelism is about relationship. Yeah. I find that to be powerful from a very powerful man. <laughs> All right, and and, and 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 that's exactly what it is. We need to go in. We need to see, and allow that to drive what we do. And again, we're a church. 
we don't have much except for willingness mm-hmm. and this 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 directive to go and if we go to the local businesses we go to the local um politicians we go to the local civic clubs and we yoke with them they have things that through us we can benefit the community and all of us will grow together and as you said once we do that it's so much easier now for us to be a church mm-hmm. it's so much easier now for us to share those things why because we we have engaged in the process of taking care of humanity and and relationship will always come naturally and that brings me back to where we started mm-hmm. with the the leader the pastor coming in now all of that sounds like a lot it's a lot if it's just one person doing it mm-hmm. but if when you come in as the pastor or the or you're the local leader, whatever capacity it is, you're responsible for that ministry, that church. If you get to know your church and get your members on board with this is the kind of work that we'll do to address the needs of the community, Mm -hmm. then it makes the work lighter because you're not doing it by yourself. All of a sudden, you'll have a sister jump up. Oh, well, I live, I know who is in charge of the 4-H club because... Mm -hmm my grandson or my neighbor is a part of it and then you have people who are already plugged in but if you don't get them involved then you think you as the pastor or the leader has to go and do all of that mm-hmm. when you already have members sitting in your church who qualify who qualify and connected and connected who are already part of the, some of these organizations you have a, a, a church member who already own a business mm-hmm. In a community who so is part of some of the economic boards in a community who already uh, linked up with some of the other business owners. So instead of this one member uh, uh, trying to work with the business community by himself, imagine if he bring the resources of his church, brings his pastor to say, I'm inviting my pastor to a breakfast that we mm-hmm. have to come pray for us on, on a on, on, on when we have our meetings to come talk to us about certain things imagine the impact you'll have if you do that versus if you just try to do it by yourself yeah. and try to run things down people's throat because you didn't get them involved and you burn out six months a month a year later and like tear up the plan or put it up and say you know what when I get to my next church <laughs> or you become a motivational speaker <laughs> become when I get to my next church that's what I'll do. Yeah, man. But listen, there's so much we can talk about. And I feel like so much has been said. Yeah. And as we said, we have resources that we're going to make available on our social media, TNL Playbook on Facebook and on Instagram. Um, one of the resources is um, www.reachnorthamerica.org slash resources. That is our North American division who has a plethora of information there that can help. Another resource that we have and will make available is www.adventistlearningcommunity.com. These are just two that we could start and we can we can we can go so far and so long talking about the resources that are available here that can bless your church, that can bless your ministry to take you to another level. Yeah, there's even a book, uh, Becoming a Mission Driven Church. Mm-hmm. One of the books that we've I don't know if you've used it. Yes. I've, I've used it um, for a class, but it provides some of these tools like how to kind of build the church or the relationship to be effective 
uh, evangelists, yeah. effective uh, uh, gospel gospel workers, and that's the whole point. The whole point isn't to accumulate wealth. Mm-hmm. Is it? It isn't to get a good name for ourselves. It's about what Christ has done for me. He can do the same for you. Absolutely. And God has provided the resources just to give us an opening, a genuine opening, not a superficial. Well, we're just doing this because if we do this, we can get. Nah, you're doing it because you have a genuine love for people. Mm-hmm. You see the plight that they're going in, and you want to do something to help alleviate the struggles they're going through. And God has provided all these resources. Why not make the best of it and use it so that you can help bring people up out of their situation to make their lives better as they live it now and also prepare them for eternity. There we have it, folks. Connect with your community and do it meaningfully. And how we do it? By exegeting and interpreting your community. Thank you for listening today. God bless. See you on Monday.